And good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network's South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Kerrville, Uvalde, and right here in good old San Antonio. We're very thankful you've decided to spend this day, um, you know, getting caught up on all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. Joining me today is my wonderful co-host, Alexandra Kubabatu, a.k.a. Alex K. Hello, folks, and on this program, we try bringing you various and informative discussions highlighting different people, ministries, and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. And today we're excited to speak to Sister Sydney Moss of the Salesian Sisters of St. John Bosco. She'll be on to talk about the history of the Salesian Sisters, their 150th anniversary celebration, and the upcoming St. John Bosco Summer Camp. You know, that sounds great, Alex. Uh, so before we get started with our guest, let's begin uh, the way we should do all things, and that's in prayer. Uh, so wherever you might be, bow your head uh, and pray along with us um, as, you know, for, for God's will to be uh, manifest to you and for the grace uh, to also accomplish and do his will. So would you join me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? Amen. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing on all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. St. Anthony de Padua. Pray for us. St. Joseph, head of the Holy Family. Pray, Pray for, for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray, Pray for, for us. us. Amen. In the Amen. name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, of course, uh, today is the feast of St. Anthony de Padua, doctor of the church. Uh, he's venerated all over the world, uh, and he's the patron saint of San Antonio, Texas, lost articles, and is credited with many miracles involving lost people, lost things, and lost spiritual goods. Uh, you know, St. Anthony, uh, he was a Portuguese priest famous for his gifted preaching. He originally planned to join the Augustinian order, but when he saw the bodies of the first Franciscans to be martyred for their faith, he was filled with an intense desire to become a missionary, and he hoped also uh, to be a martyr himself. So after joining the Franciscans, he preached uh, you know, to the Muslims in, in North uh, Africa for a time, but a serious illness did force his uh, return to Europe. Uh, Anthony attended an, an ordination at a monastery, and uh, you know, through an oversight, actually no one had been assigned to preach. Uh, when it was suggested that Anthony do so, he humbly but hesitantly obeyed with amazing results. Uh, Anthony's years of prayer, study of scripture, and poverty allowed God's spirit to speak through him in a very powerful way. Uh, his unprepared sermon was a sensation. Uh, and for the remaining nine years of his life, Anthony traveled about, uh, you know, preaching, correcting errors, and upholding uh, the church's true teaching. 
Uh, and in fact, um, he would go on to, you know, to be known as the hammer of heretics, uh, you know, because of his wonderful preaching, uh, and the many conversions, uh, brought about because of his, uh, of his preaching. Uh, he, he actually died, I think it was in 1231, and 32 years later, uh, in 1263, uh, his body was exhumed. Um, although he was found to be, uh, you know, his body was corrupted, but his tongue was left uh, uncorrupted. And, oh my goodness, you know, uh, and based on, of course, you know, the, the many, the gift, you know, the gift that, you know, um, you know he was to the church uh, and his powerful preaching uh, and such, it, it was just, uh, you know, it's just amazing. How wonderful it is, of course, you know, to have the, uh, the example of uh, these saints, uh, the example yes. of their, their own life, um, you know, on us. Um, and of course, today, uh, as we celebrate the Feast of St. Anthony here in the city of San Antonio, uh, the Feast Day Mass this evening will be celebrated at 6 p.m. Uh, there at St. Anthony de Padua Catholic Church, uh, located at 102 Lorenz. Um, it's, the Mass is there to, of course, uh, to celebrate and honor the patron saint of our of our archdiocese, mm-hmm. uh, that's a little tongue twister there, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, our archdiocese uh, and also of our wonderful city. Uh, so what else is going on, Alex? Yeah, and also happening today, the San Antonio Family Association, also known as SAFA, celebrates their 11th birthday today. 11 years ago, the founders of SAFA helped to lead a 17-day peaceful public protest against the taxpayer funding of the blasphemous and perverted play called Corpus Christi being performed at the San Pedro Playhouse. Since 2011, SAFA has been actively working to fulfill its mission to promote, protect, and defend the family, the building block of society. If you'd like to support the San Antonio Family Association in their courageous work, visit their website, sanantoniofamilyassociation.com, and where you can also make a donation at the donation link. Amen. And also, you know, I wanted to go back uh, just a little bit more and share more about, you know, St. Anthony, uh, you know, with you also. Uh, so today in the Liturgy of the Hours, you know, in the Office of Readings, um, you know, a sermon from St. Anthony uh, of Padua, um, you know, he, you know, this is, you know, written by St. Anthony himself. Um, you know, the, the title of, uh, the, the, the segment here, uh, I guess, is Actions Speak Louder Than Words. And what he wrote, uh, in fact, he says, the man who is filled with the Holy Spirit speaks in different languages. These different languages are different ways of witnessing to Christ, such as humility, poverty, patience, and obedience. We speak in those languages when we reveal in ourselves these virtues to others. Actions speak louder than words. Let your words teach and your actions speak. We are full of words, but empty of actions, and therefore are cursed by the Lord, since he himself cursed the fig tree when he found no fruit, but only leaves. Gregory says, a law is laid upon the preacher to practice what he preaches. It is useless for a man to flaunt his knowledge of the law if he undermines its teachings by his actions. Wow, how powerful mm, is that? Wow. Yes, here in the 13th century, we have this wonderful, you know, doctor of the church, you know, this, you know, St. Anthony, uh, really leaving these lessons that, you know, just like in, in most of the saints, you know, you can apply to today's, uh, you know, culture, today's world, and, and how important it is then, then yes, that, you know, actions shout and words whisper, you know, I mean, yes. you have to be able to, to lead and draw people, um, you know, to 
Christ, you know, through your own, through your own example, yes. you know, so I mean, how important is that? Uh, another thing I'd like to talk about uh, is the Archdiocesan celebration of the Feast of Corpus Christi. Uh, so this wonderful uh, celebration is going to take place next Sunday, uh, June 19th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, for more information, uh, go to archsa.org slash corpus dash Christi. So again, uh, Please dress appropriately for the weather. As many of you already know, I mean, it's hot outside and hot, <laughs> hot is an understatement, oh, yes. you know? Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Yeah, so please, you know, dress for the occasion, wear light colored and light uh, weighted clothing, uh, maybe even bring, you know, a hat. Uh, mass is going to be celebrated outdoors. Uh, there will be a Eucharistic procession. Uh, the celebrant will be His Excellency Archbishop Gustavo Garcia Sierra. Uh, again, this is Sunday, next Sunday, June 19th, uh, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. I'd probably encourage you also to go out there and get a spot early. I'm sure it is going to be full. Uh, for more information, again, you can visit the Archdiocesan uh, website at archsa.org backslash Corpus Christi. I also want to talk about, uh, you know, last week. Last week we had a wonderful, um, you know, we had wonderful support from you, our listeners. Uh, we had a, you know, very successful, um, you know, GRN Summer Sharathon pledge drive. My goodness, uh, if anyone was tuning in for that last hour on Friday, it was pretty exciting. Yes, yes you know, Richard was texting all his uh, friends and, you know, all 3,000 of them. I only, I think he only got the th- through like 40 or 50 of them, you know. But, uh, you know, we had quite a, you know, quite the support. Um, so thank you so much for everybody uh, who who was able to call in and, and make their donation and pledge their support to help keep Catholic Radio on the air in your um, in, in your local area and here in the south and central Texas listening area. Of course, that's Marble Falls, Kerrville, uh, Uvalde, Fredericksburg, and right here in, in San Antonio. Uh, we are truly, truly grateful, uh, and the entire GRN is grateful uh, for your outstanding support of our mission of uh, radio for your soul. Um, you know, Alex, what else? What other news do you have for us? Yeah, well, you know, um, I don't have any other exciting news other than what you have already <laughs> um, bestowed upon us. Um, but I just, you know, want to um, mention that San Antonio TX Catholic Schoolhouse is taking registrations for their pre-K to 6th grade program and their 7th to 12th grade program. And we have a lot of fun and exciting uh Things that we're going to be um, ha- that's going to be happening within our programs, and um, primarily uh, one very very um, significant change that we're going to be having this year is the implementation of our special needs um, special education classes uh, for our our homeschoolers for families who have children with special needs. Um, so we are very excited in implementing that um, this year. Um, there's a great need to serve the the, the special needs community, and um, there, you know, as we know, those who have children with um, disabilities and other diagnoses, it can be a very isolating thing. And uh, I wanted to put this together so that we can invite families, whether you are Catholic or not Catholic, to come join us and and, and be, be with us on a social, for social events monthly. Um, we will have a special education teacher on staff um, teaching uh, math, science, and um, all of those core classes, not just life skills um, that, that are good too. Um, so 
please give me a call at 210-996-1437. My name, as you know, is Alexandra Kubebatu, and I am the director of San Antonio TX Catholic Schoolhouse. Amen. Um, so again, folks, uh, a lot to cover uh, in this hour. Uh, I think, you know, we, we want to go ahead and make uh, the introduction to, um, you know, to our, to our guest. Unless you wanted to add something else, Miss Alex. I know <laughs> no. there's something else we talked about you have failed to mention. Tell us what else is going on, Miss Alex. Um, something pretty exciting, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Sean. <laughs> no worries at all. Uh, so again, uh, we will go ahead and get our conversation started today uh, with Miss mm-hmm. Sister Sydney Moss of the Salesian Sisters of St. John Bosco. Um, you know, what a beautiful order. Uh, they are noticed, uh, you know, you can notice them, of course, by their beautiful white uh, habits that they wear. And they also wear uh, the, the gray habits. Uh, so when you see them out and about, uh, you know, please, you know, please say hello to them. Please pray for them. Uh, pray, pray for all those uh, in the um, in the religious life uh, and just know that they are praying for you. So without further delay, you know, let me first welcome to the program, Sister Sydney Moss. How are you doing today, Sister? Good. Thanks, Sean and Alex. Thanks so much for having yes, me here. Yes, thank you for being with us. You know, I want to I want to first start off, uh, you know, our conversation with just a, an introduction. If you could, sister, could you introduce yourself to our listeners tuning in right now? Uh, maybe give us, you know, uh, you know, the the background and to what it was like, you know, maybe growing up was the faith very, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, much practice um, is that what helped in in you coming into uh, in, into the order and you know maybe just you know let's start there. Sure. So I grew up actually in Arizona, and it was just my parents, my sister, and I. All our other family lives in other places throughout the states. Um, and I yes, my my family was always Catholic. Growing up, went to Catholic grade school for eight years. Um, but honestly, it was from my experience in youth group in high school. I had an amazing youth minister and priests. Uh, we had Life Teen at our parish. And this is back in the mid-90s when Life Teen was still pretty young and, and growing. So I was super blessed to have these amazing role models. This is back in the day before Matt Marr was Matt Marr. He was <laughs> in Arizona at the time. We always had events together. Um, I was just incredibly blessed. And I know it was during that time. I mean, yes, when I was young, I'm sure the seed of my vocation was planted but I know it was during my high school years that it really started to grow. Even though I didn't know any religious, I'd never met sisters. There was one sister when I was in grade school, the second grade teacher was Sister Monica, but she did not wear a habit. So as a kid, you're just, well, her name is just Sister Monica. That's just her name. And it didn't really mean anything. (laughs) So it really wasn't until after college that I met sisters for the first time. I'll share that more with you later. (laughs) Yes. Wow. What a perfect timing. Uh, That music means that we are going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with Sister Sydney Moss. Don't change the station. We will be right back.
can turn your unused vehicle into a tax-deductible donation to the Guadalupe Radio Network. It's a lot simpler than you might think, too. Just call 1-866-628-2277 or come by grnonline.com and click Donate Now. One of our representatives will gladly walk you through the process, even arrange pickup. Later model cars or trucks are greatly appreciated. Just call 1-866-628-2277 or come by grnonline.com and click Donate Now. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. A 2014 study entitled Understanding Former Young Catholics found that emotional closeness with parents, especially fathers, is a powerful indicator of whether or not a child will remain in the faith. Bonding with your child goes a long way in sharing the truth with them. We want our children to be holy, and we need them to know that the path to holiness is found within the law of the church. But rules without relationship breed rebellion. Children do need to know the truth, but if a parent communicates the law without love, it may actually do more harm than good. By loving our children, we are nurturing their longing for a relationship with God. The love we have for them is only a shadow of the love that God their Heavenly Father has. It is that relationship that will help them follow the moral law and choose the good. Growing that relationship should be the goal of every Catholic parent. For more on your relationship with your child, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Hi folks, Sean here. And what a joy it is to let you all know that this year's Fishers of Men dinner was a success. I'm so grateful for the many sponsors and individual donors that helped to make that happen. I especially want to thank Miss Sandy Kiabasa for her tremendous generosity. Because of your charitable support, we can continue to keep our Airwaves Catholic across the South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you again, Miss Sandy, and may God continue to abundantly bless you. And welcome back, folks. This is In His Vineyard, your live and local program for the GRN in South and Central Texas. Uh, before we went to break, of course, we were being introduced to Miss, uh, you know, Sister Sydney Moss of the Salesian Sisters of uh, St. John Bosco. Uh, and before I rudely interrupted, you know, with that break, uh, she's going to pick up, um, you know, where she left off. She's going to tell us about, uh, you know, how, you know, what, you know, the, the faith was, you know, was like, you know, growing up and how she was introduced. Uh, so let's pick up, uh, you know, where we left off, Sister. Yeah. So like I was saying, I just had this amazing experience in youth group in high school. And we would go down during spring break to Mexico on mission trip. And so I remember the first time going there as a junior in high school, and it really opened my eyes to how the rest of the world lives. And just seeing these kids and people who were so poor, but were so happy. They had physically, materially had nothing, but they had that joy, that peace. And I remember seeing them and saying, I want what they have. And I wanted to stay there. I told the guy who ran this orphanage where we were, I said, can I just stay here and work with you? He goes, well, how about you go to college and then come back? (laughs) So I went back to Mexico for a few times. And then I did. I went to college, went to Arizona State University. Go Sun Devils. um, Very secular (laughs) institute. But I I stayed involved in the parish, helping out on the core team with the youth group. Um, Mm -hmm. And then after college, as I'd wanted to go volunteer, I didn't feel like it was the right time to go to another country. I had that desire being in Mexico, like I'd love to go live somewhere else for a while. 
but it didn't feel like the right time. So I looked into some domestic volunteer programs and ended up volunteering with the Capuchin Franciscans in Washington, D.C. And so mm-hmm. I was, uh, we had a volunteer house. There were four of us. Um, the friars really accompanied us in what we were doing. But I worked for a nonprofit in D.C. called the Centro Católico Hispano, which was a nonprofit that really served the immigrant population and a lot of the very newly arrived immigrants from Central America. So that's actually where I learned how to speak Spanish. I did study Spanish in college, studied abroad in Spain, but to speak it really came Mm -hmm. when I had to live in D.C. and every day speaking Spanish to all the people who came. Um, So I was really doing social work, essentially, trying to help them find food and jobs and insurance and all that. Um, So it was in D.C. during that year that I first came to meet a religious order, the Servants of the Lord and the Virgin of Materra. They're a pretty new order out of Argentina, and they were at the parish where I was going to Mass. Um, and so after my year of volunteering ended, I stayed in D.C. because we had this just amazing young adult Catholic community. Uh, I had no clue that D.C., like you think of D.C. and you just think about politics and all uh, of the, yes. uh, but no, like nothing to do with the political scene in D.C. Sometimes I had to drive myself down to like the capital area just to remind myself where I was living because that just was not the scene I was in. Um, so this, this amazing young adult Catholic community and um, ended up living in a house with six other women. There was a guy's household. We all kind of would come together on Sundays to pray and share about the faith. And it was just this amazing experience. So for three and a half years, I lived there in DC after college. And it was during that time that I got to know these sisters better. And when I first met them, I'm like, oh, they're so cool. They're young and they play basketball and they like youth <laughs> and they're missionary. I'm like, right. oh, they're, they're just wow. like me. Right. I said, no, not for me. I do not want to be a sister. So the first Friday of the month, they would always have young women over to their convent to join them for evening prayer, adoration, supper, and recreation. So the first Friday of every month, I found another girlfriend that I thought needed to meet the sisters. I'm like, hey, I'll take you to meet these sisters. You should really get to know them. When really it's because I just wanted to spend time with them. Yeah. But I couldn't admit that. Um, so, so during those three and a half years is when I first started to think about being a sister. Uh, but the idea just really scared me. It just wasn't who I thought I was. Really? What was it about it that was kind of scary for you? I think because a lot of not just not having grown up with an example of sisters, Mm -hmm. um, the idea was, you know, they're these really holy, pious women. And I just thought, I'm not that holy. I cannot fulfill that image of who you think a sister should be. Um, A a big fear was, you know, I don't want to wear this habit because then people see me and automatically think they know who I am. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them to think that. Like, get to know me, not who I look like on the outside. Um, So there were just lots of different fears. And um, honestly, I didn't have a plan for my life. I was working a different job every year and then traveling and coming back broke and working again and traveling. (laughs) Like that was my pattern after college. Um, But just, yeah, so much inside of me just couldn't accept that image of who a sister was supposed to be. Um, Mm -hmm. So thank God, you know, over those years, just had some amazing friends who really Mm -hmm. accompanied me and helped me to grow into that. And so I finally, after three years, I said, you know what, if this is going to make me happy, why not? Yes. (laughs) And so I started visiting different communities 
but I wouldn't tell anybody. You know, thankfully, I'm living in D.C. My family's in Arizona. They don't have any clue what I'm doing. And even my roommates, like, because I'm talking about I'd go out of time, I'd fly, fly to another city <laughs> to visit a community. I would tell one of them, you know, just make sure somebody knows where I was. Yes. But for the most part, nobody, I didn't tell anyone. I was a closet discerner. Um, <laughs> and, and I would go and visit a community. And, and, I mean, they're beautiful, but everything inside of me was just like, get me out of here. Yeah. This is not for me. And so I thought it wasn't for me. Yeah. And and I would just go back to my life. But then that that call, that attraction, just it never left me alone. Um, so I kept pursuing it in a certain way. And uh, finally, after a few years, just realized, you know, I've always wanted to go volunteer and live in another country. Um, what is keeping me from doing that? And so I got on the Catholic Volunteer Network website. It's this amazing uh, one place to shop for volunteer programs. Wow. And there's hundreds of religious affiliated volunteer programs. And that's where I found VITAS, which is the volunteer program that our sisters have, the lay mission program we have. And young adults serve with our mm-hmm. Salesian sisters and priests all over the world. We're in like 100 countries throughout the world. So pretty much if there's a country you want to go to, like we're there and you can go live and work there with our sisters and priests. And so I, I found Vitas, emailed the sister and like the next day she replies like, oh, wonderful. You know, we have a community in El Salvador that could use some help. I'm like, whoa, like you don't know me. <laughs> I don't know you, like slow down. But literally within two months um, of contacting the sister, within two months time I was, I was on a plane going to El Salvador. Oh my wow. goodness. You know, I got to ask you, sister. Um, so now you're, you're in this Vitas program now, right? Um, and it was your introduction to really, to be able to serve. I mean, you had this on your heart to serve. You wanted to serve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to, you know, to, you know, to, to young, to young ladies out there, you know, in, in the same boat, how to overcome that, maybe that initial fear? You know, what would you say to, to, to the ladies, uh, you know, maybe considering something like that? Cause you're right, you know, um, when we were talking earlier, you know, when we talk about the, the discernment of priests, the discernment of, you know, religious, and again, um, the, the prayer for vocations is something that we pray for daily, you know, but uh, how can we, we increase, um, I guess, uh, the, the experience or the exposure, you know, to, to, to other, you know, to, to younger ladies, mm. like, like you were experienced. Sure. You know? Yeah. You know, I think it's always the fear of the unknown that mm-hmm. prevents us from doing something. And so for any young women who are like, at all attracted to that idea of consecrating their lives to Christ. The best thing is you you do, you have to meet and get to know these sisters and, and not to stop just because you meet a community and you're like, no, I do not fit in with how they live because it is honestly, it's like dating. I mean, you go on one date with someone and you kind of have a good idea of like, this is someone I want to get to know, or I'm right. just like, oh, no, yeah. done. <laughs> um, and it's a lot like that with discerning religious life because there are hundreds of communities sure. and they're all good. And so really in visiting them, you do see if that is matches your spirituality, um, your just way of being. Um, I, I think I was looking for something in my mind, you know, that would be a bit more contemplative. We'd have more time in the chapel and prayer. And, uh, but when I would visit those communities that were more contemplative, I, it was like 9 a.m. and we're still in the chapel. And I was thinking, <laughs> there's so much I could be doing right now. <laughs> so, so you, you only can discern by really actively doing something that like prayer is wonderful. It has to begin with prayer yeah. because that relationship with God, he will lead you to where you're supposed to be. But unless you actively do your part, you know, it, it's not, you're not going to figure it out. You can pray only so much. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, to, to meet, to meet sisters, to, 
um, as much as possible. We actually have a discernment program. So the sisters are sponsoring it, but it's not just to discern with us. It's called the Fiat Project. And it's for young women in their 20s and 30s who are discerning in general their vocation. So not just religious life, but also to the married life or to the single life. Mm -hmm. And so it's when COVID started, it became all virtual. And so the first four months, it's really on discernment in general and getting to know God's plan for your life. And then the next four months, we really do look specifically at religious life because we realize a lot of young women are not exposed to sisters. They don't know what it's about. And so we take those last four months to actually talk about what is religious life all about. And it's been this beautiful experience. We've just finished our second year of the program and we have young women from all over the country who zoom in with us. We have a group that was local here in San Antonio, so they would meet in person. But, you know, from North Carolina, Kentucky, even Canada, there was a young woman from Macau who joined us this year. Uh, It's just amazing that they have this community of other young women who are sincerely seeking God's will for their life. And I mean, our goal isn't for them all to become sisters, let alone Salesian sisters. That's not our goal. We just want to accompany them as they discern God's will for their life. Amen. How beautifully put. Again, folks, if you're just uh, tuning in, uh, we're having this wonderful conversation with Sister Sydney Moss of the Salesian Sisters of St. John Bosco. Um, You know, I want to ask you too, Sister, um, I love how you put that, you know, it's, it's it's like dating, you know. Yeah, yeah you, you know, you have to go on a couple of dates to figure out, you know, um, is this someone or is this something that you want to continue and moving forward with? Um, what is it about the Salesian Sisters of Saint John Bosco uh, that really kind of nailed it for you? You know, what was it about them, their charisma, their spirituality that you felt at home and at peace with? Yeah. So I had always been involved with youth ministry. I loved youth ministry and working with the young. And so when I looked for the volunteer program to do after living in DC and found Vitas and the Salesian sisters, I'm like, oh, this is great. They work with young people. Mm-hmm. But the reason I really wanted to do Vitas was because we live in community with the sisters. The volunteers okay. live in community with the sisters. If you're a young man, you live with the priests. And so I thought this would be the perfect way of seeing from the inside what religious life is all about. But I'm the volunteer, not the discerner. Mm -hmm. And so it really was. It was a wonderful way to see their charism, their mission. And it just made sense with who I was, with everything I enjoyed doing, working with the young. And the funny thing is, when I was living with them, I said, I'm not going to be a Salesian sister because they don't pray enough. They're not in the chapel. They're just busy all the time. (laughs) And, And so I said, I can't do that. So I lived with them. I went to El Salvador for a year. And then I couldn't leave after the end of that year. I was just, I'd fallen in love with the country, the people, the food, everything. But the biggest reason was because I still wasn't ready to make a decision about my vocation. And so I said, I'm going to stay for a second year. And then once I can say yes to whatever God's calling me to, I'll I'll go back to the States. Mm -hmm. And that moment came finally, like that was January where I came back for the second year. And finally, by about August is when I felt peace. Amen. Well, folks, uh, we're going to leave it right there for this quick break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to continue this conversation with Sister Sydney Moss of the Salesian Sisters of St. John Bosco. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Can a moral relativist object to God's goodness based on the problem of evil? The answer is no, at least when it comes to moral evil, and here's the reason. You see, moral relativism states no moral truths exist independently of the individual. That's to say what is right and wrong is relative to what the individual determines. 
Now, how can a relativist deviation from his own moral standard be considered morally evil when there's nothing to oblige him to follow his moral standard? The answer is, it can't. But if no moral evil can exist within the mental framework of moral relativism, well then obviously a relativist complaint about the problem of moral evil is useless. So the relativist either has to give up the complaint about the problem of moral evil to keep relativism, or give up relativism to keep the complaint about the problem of moral evil. The relativist can't have both. I'm Corlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com my family left the church because of a, a, a very negative experience with a specific priest. And that took my whole family away from going to church for a long period of time. There were other Catholic churches and there were great Catholic churches and great priests. But we stopped because of that one specific instance. And in a way, I was, I was cheated out a big part of my journey and my life uh, because we weren't in the church. In life, it seems like we're always enslaved to something. And I think that's, that's basically where our, what our culture is all about right now is we are, we are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. My involvement in the church, my relationship with God is who I am. It, it's what gives me my identity. Thank God I'm home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. And welcome back, GRN listeners in the South and Central Texas listening area. This is In His Vineyard, your live and local program every Monday at noon. And I'm your host, Sean Rice. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network, South and Central Texas listening area. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation with Sister Sydney Moss of the Salesian Sisters of St. John Bosco. So again, Sister, I'm so sorry uh, for interrupting. You know, I have a tendency to do that from time to time on this program. So. No. If you would continue, uh, you know, uh, in telling us and sharing with us uh, your period of discernment. Sure. Yeah. I, I was saying how I had decided to stay that second year in El Salvador until I could make a decision. And finally, around August, that that peace came that I said, you know what, if this is what God wants me to do, I need to do it. And so wow. I finally did. I said, yes, you know, I would like to consecrate my life to Christ. And honestly, one of the biggest signs I had was where I was living in El Salvador, we had a boarding school and there were about 30 girls who lived there ages seven to 18. And every Friday night we hung out and watched the Disney channel together. <laughs> and I was happy watching the Disney channel on a Friday night. They're like, okay, maybe this is a sign. <laughs> it would be okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, at the end of September, I came back to the States and again, didn't think I'd be Salesian. So I, I didn't want to go visit us right away. Um, but eventually I did. Uh, I went out and visited and the formation community in Los Angeles and it just felt so normal. And yeah. all right, so I guess this is, it, it was really holy indifference, honestly, because I was not just like ecstatic, like, yes, I have to do this. But it was the first time ever I didn't feel that dread of like, no, get me out of here. I don't want to be here. And so that, that holy indifference to be able to make that decision that this is God's will, not my will. Yeah. And so a few months later I entered and, and here I am. And thanks be to God, uh, made perpetual vows three years ago and 
probably one of the biggest blessings is three years ago also was asked to be the director of the volunteer program, Vita's. So oh, what do you know? <laughs> now I get to accompany the young adults who go on mission with us. It's pretty exciting. There's actually a young woman today flying to Guatemala to serve for the summer. So Wow. Mm-hmm. Talk about bringing it full circle, yes, right? Absolutely. Amen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, okay, so the discernment process you went through how many years of, of the of the formation process? I'm sorry. Oh, as a sister. So we have four mm-hmm. years of initial formation yes. before you make first vows. And then wow. six years of temporary vows. That What a journey. Um, so it, I'm sure the Salesian sisters have a rich history. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, actually, it's a big year for us. On August 5th, we're celebrating yes. 150 years wow. of the foundation of our institute, which I guess in the grand scheme, you look at the Franciscans, you know, like over 800 years. <laughs> like, okay, we're, we're just babies still. Uh, but 150, it's a, an important milestone for us. So sure. St. John Bosco was our founder, along with St. Mary Mozzarella. She was one of the first sisters who made vows on August 5th, 1872. So St. John Bosco had already been working with the boys, well, boys, adolescents, yes. uh, in northern Italy. It's during the Industrial Revolution. A lot of these young men are moving away from the countryside and into the city looking for work. And John Bosco just sees them kind of left to their own devices um, without their families, without a real structure to form them and keep them morally in line with, you know, what God wanted them to be doing. And he, his heart ached for them. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be able to give them a home and also bring them closer to Christ. Don Bosco actually grew up without his father. When Don Bosco was only two years old, his dad died. And so he knew the importance of, of that family mm-hmm. environment. Um, and wanted to be that father figure for all of these young men who were on their own. So Don Bosco had already been working for a good 20 years with the youth before he founded the sisters. Um, so St. Mary Mozzarella is also in this tiny village in Northern Italy, like a thousand people live in this village of Mornese. And she, along with some other women from the village, were, were gathering the young girls every Sunday to do catechesis with them, to go on hikes, on picnics. Um, and then she gets really sick. So as a young woman, Mary Mozzarella was very strong, very intelligent. Her dad worked in the vineyards and Mary Mozzarella would go and work with him. And her dad would have to tell her, slow down. You're embarrassing the men. I'm not going to be able to have anyone work for me. <laughs> like, stop. Um, and, and so she had, when she's 23, she gets typhoid and she's on her deathbed. Like she almost dies, wow. but she recuperates, but never has the same strength that she had before. Mm-hmm. And so she has this vision in which she, she believes it was a blessed mother speaking to her. And she sees these, all these girls in this field and hears a voice saying, I entrust them to you. Mm. And so she truly believes as a blessed mother saying, I entrust these young girls to your care. And so she meets with her best friend. She's like, we have to do something. Like, I don't have the strength. You don't, you're not strong. Let's start a sewing workshop for the girls in town. Let's teach them how to sew. But we're really going to use it to teach them about God. Wow. And so that's what they start doing. They gather the girls, um, teach them how to sew. And then this just keeps growing. You know, there's a, a dad who's widowed, brings his two girls to live with them. Like, please take care of them. Like, oh, wow, that was never part of our plan. Wow. Um, and so after many years, the priest there in the, in the parish where they're working he meets Don Bosco and the parish priest becomes a Salesian, a Salesian priest. And Don Bosco tells him, no, you stay in Mornese, stay in your town. I need you there. And it was because of that priest who invites Don Bosco to visit Mornese. And Don Bosco meets these Mary Mozzarella and these other women who are working there with the girls. And then eventually starts the Salesian sisters. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, so it's it's beautiful how the Holy Spirit, you know, at the same time yeah. mm-hmm. is inspiring the same work, you know, right. in two different places, and then it just all comes together. Yeah, you know, let me ask you something, sister, because I was reading up on um, you know Saint John Bosco, and then I saw Don Bosco. What's? Can you explain that to me? Yes. So Saint John Bosco Giovanni John is his name. Okay. But in Italian, to say father, you would say Don. Don. Ah. Yeah, Don Bosco. So Don Bosco is just Father Bosco. Yeah. So a lot of times, yeah, we use it interchangeably. I, I remember I went to World Youth Day in 2000, and uh, we we started in Turin before going down to Rome, and we went to the Basilica of Mary Help of Christians that St. John Bosco built. Mm-hmm. I didn't know him at that time. I mean, I'd heard of him, but I really didn't know St. John Bosco. So I remember leaving the Basilica and saying, so is his name John or Don? <laughs> right? So thankfully, I went back about three years ago and got to... Revisit the Basilica for yeah. the first time. We'll say. <laughs> no, that's awesome. You know, I'm reading the. You know, I was reading up on, um, on some of the information on the website, uh, and like you're saying, you know, 1872 is the the founding uh, of the order, and how wonderful that is. You know, we've we've discussed this time and again on this program where uh, the saints aren't, you know, aren't that far removed from us. You know, I mean, mm. there are some that are, but you know, uh, they really they're they're in every time uh, within church history. They're in every uh, culture. Uh, I mean, it's just so beautiful. Uh, and they are very much tangible. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it, it's amazing. Can uh, Sister, can you tell us a little bit uh, about, you know, the spirituality, the, the charism, the gift to the church that mm. the Salesians, uh, you know, bring to the church? Definitely. So our charism is the one of working with the young. So in wherever young people are, if it's schools, if it's summer camps, youth centers, uh, we are with the young. And so we have what we call the family spirit. Um, mm. Going back to how St. John Bosco really wanted to make a home for those boys. So definitely, if you were to visit one of our communities, you should very tangibly feel that family spirit yeah. of being welcomed and just feeling at home and loved is what St. John Bosco wanted everyone to experience. Um, and the joy. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that was when you asked, you know, what attracted me to the Salesians. Yeah. I think those were the two main things, the joy and the family spirit. Um, uh, it, we, we definitely are in uh, focus on, you know, the resurrected Christ more so than the suffering Christ. Because sure. uh, when you're working with the young people, you know, you need mm-hmm. to present to them that joy of the gospel. Sure. Um, so that is definitely more our spirituality. Um, but working mm-hmm. with the young and working in a lot of other countries, specifically with women. So at-risk youth and women is our main mission, since that's how we began uh, with St. Mary Mozzarella and the women in her village. But today for us, families. I mean, Mm -hmm. family is also a huge part of our ministry, knowing that that there's just so much need anymore for that family catechesis and just formation. Um, But yeah, so a joy-filled, Christ-centered Marian. So our name, our, our real name is not Salesian Sisters. It's really Daughters of Mary, Help of Christians. Oh, how beautiful oh, is that? Okay. Yeah, Mary, Help of Christians is the patroness that St. John Bosco gave us. Uh, the basilica he built is called the Basilica of Mary, Help of Christians. Um, and so she is our protectress, our patroness, and our our crucifix um, at the very bottom has that acronym, but it would be in Italian. So the FMA is the Italian for Filiae di Maria Auxiliatrice, Daughters of oh. Mary, Help of Christians. So the crucifix is what unites all 11,000 of us throughout the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're Daughters of Mary, Help of Christians. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. I really do appreciate that, especially in, I mean, in all times, in all moments in history, we need 
the the examples and and the love from a, an authentic fam, family unit, and more so now because of the breakdown of the family. Mm-hmm. I think is is it's really um, critical in, in these days, um, and particularly because even you know families the that are together, like, you know, that have their mom and the dad and, you know, the children, everyone living in the same household, there seems to be a disconnect sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and that, that example of what uh, genuine um, compassion and love within the home could still be lacking. So that, I think that, that's a beautiful um, testimony and example of, you know, what um, St. John Bosco and his, you know, what, what he wanted in his heart because of, you know, Working from his woundedness of ha- not having the father figure, um, it, I think it was is a really beautiful testament to to, to God's love. And uh, so, in in your in your journey, um, what kind of experiences um, have you had? You know, with how the Salesian sisters have affected the lives of young children or older children. Um, do you, do you have any stories to tell us? Mm. Yeah. So I, my first six years as a sister, I was in schools yes. uh, here in San Antonio and Laredo teaching mm. middle school, which is lots of fun, but honestly <laughs> it is like, I'm not, little people are a mystery to me. So sure. if you put me with kindergarten, that would be, that'd be a real penance. So middle school is a lot of fun. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, to see these young people who are just just so searching um, and trying to figure out who they are, define who they are. And it's amazing the relationships you can form with them, seeing them every single day. Uh, You know, after my six years of teaching, I moved to a parish in Los Angeles and it was a lot harder because in a parish ministry, I would see them maybe two days a week and you don't form that relationship with them. So being in a school, it's just this amazing relationship you can form with these young people and you really get to know them. And honestly, you get to know them best during lunchtime, sitting yeah, at the table yes. and listening uh-huh. to what they're talking about. And, yeah. and let me tell you, they were real honest, mm-hmm. real honest. And some of the questions they would ask me sometimes, like, wow, I'm glad they feel comfortable asking me this. And uh-huh. and so, yeah, it's it's been a beautiful experience of accompanying the young. And even, you know, we have our summer camps and we have a residential camp in Northern California where the wow, girls come okay. for a week, two, three, four weeks to sleep over. And I, I can remember one of the counselors there who would come uh, first as a as a camper, and then she joined us as a counselor. But every summer, you know, this young girl would show up with a different hair color, and I was like, "What is going on here?" But this this beautiful soul, and like, otherwise you would have written her off, like, "Oh, it's no typical teen." But like this beautiful young woman. Amen. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break. Please don't go anywhere. We will be right back. in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's Word, we receive grace from the sacraments, and when we fumble due to sin and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. Welcome home. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Religion can never depend on minute disputes about doctrine. 
G.K. Chesterton says that's like saying that life can never depend on minute disputes about medicine. Will the man who says we don't want theologians splitting hairs also say we don't want surgeons splitting filaments more delicate than hairs? Many a man would be dead today if his doctors had not debated fine shades about doctoring. It's also a fact that Western civilization would be dead today if its doctors of divinity had not debated fine shades about doctrine. We depend on doctors of medicine. We can also depend on the doctors of the church. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. And welcome back, folks. This is In His Vineyard, having this wonderful conversation with Sister Sydney Moss of the Salesian Sisters of St. John Bosco. My apologies, I can't quite remember the actual name of the order just yet. You know, the Daughters, Daughters of, of Mary, Help of Christians. Mary, Help of Christians. Amen. Um, you know, and she's going to tell us more uh, in this segment, um, you know, of what the, the sisters are doing right here in our, our own community. Uh, so if you would, uh, you know, Sister Sydney, you know, tell us about, um, you know, some of the things that are taking place right now, some of the things to come right here in San Antonio. Sure. Uh, Texas is really the state where we have our biggest presence in the United States. So in San Antonio alone, we have three communities. We have two elementary schools, St. James and St. John Bosco. And then we have our provincial house. So that's where our mostly our retired elderly sisters live. And then the provincial, the one who kind of organizes, oversees all of us. The Mother Superior, which I guess is what people might recognize that title. She lives there also at the Provincial House. Um, and so obviously we're all celebrating summer. Yay! Yay. Let me tell you, you know, like the kids are excited about summer, but I think that as teachers, we're even more excited when summer comes around. So for the summer, we, we have our summer camps. So we're getting ready in two weeks. We'll be starting our summer camp at St. John Bosco School on June 27th, which is open to anybody and everybody. Uh, we're over on the west side of town 36th street and commerce it's a day camp so from 9 a.m to 5 p.m with all of the usual summer activities with arts and crafts and games and sports and they usually go to the local swimming pool a few days a week on field trips every week a lot of fun so it starts june 27th it'll run for three weeks and then the week of july 18th we're going to actually take our summer camp on the road. So we're going to have three locations the week of July 18th. Mm-hmm. One group of sisters is heading out to Houston uh, to the Parish of Sacred Heart in Manville. And then we'll have two here in San Antonio at Vietnamese Martyrs and San Juan de los Lagos the week of July 18th. We're going to have oh, summer camp wow. over there. Cool. So those are open also to anyone who wants to join us at San Juan de los Lagos and the Vietnamese Martyrs Parish. It's not just for that parish. If, if that yeah. works better than people going to St. John Bosco for camp, they're welcome yeah. to join us. And then our big celebration that everyone's invited to is August 6th. So our 150th is August 5th. Mm. But... Because that is when we make our vows. We're going to have in the morning three new sisters making first vows. And then in the afternoon, one sister making perpetual vows. So we always follow that tradition of our first sisters on August 5th, 1872. So we also make our vows on August 5th. So that's going to be a pretty busy day of just celebrating vows. Yeah. So on August 6th, which is a Saturday, and that works better anyway, August 6th, we're going to have a big family festival at St. John Bosco's School. So it'll be from 10 to 2. 
We'll start with mass at 10 a.m. And then we'll have live entertainment, games, food trucks, music uh, at St. John Bosco School outside there. So you're saying it's going to be warm this weekend. We'll get ready for August 6th. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the hottest day of the year. We checked it. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a cool front, though. Maybe so. <laughs> yes. Maybe so. That's great. And, you know, I just want to mention that, you know, my, my daughter has got exposure through the... Um, a monthly meeting on your and uh, online through a Zoom meeting to the Salesian sisters and yeah they, oh. they yeah they enjoyed they enjoyed the the, the oratory yes uh-huh. yeah yeah we've been doing the last few years since COVID a virtual oratory oratory for us I mean it comes from Saint Philip Neri yes but then Saint John Bosco adopted it so the oratory coming from that Latin word to pray orare and so it's a mm-hmm. space of yes catechesis but then fun yeah uh, so we were doing a monthly oratory uh-huh. for the past two years and the kids join us and yeah it, we've had a blast yes uh-huh. my daughter's got exposure through it and to it and, and they loved it you know awesome. praying the rosary doing yes. the craft yes. and, and all yep. that wonderful thing and I was like you know this is this is awesome and um, I'm going to invite my homeschooling yeah. girls August 6th to, please yes, uh, yes to definitely be part of that yes it'll be sure. awesome we're excited no that all sounds great actually uh, I wanted I wanted to ask also I mean we've got just a, a few minutes left in the in the program sister uh, what are some you know I wanted to ask you specifically because the you know when you go online you've got the Salesian Sisters of the West Salesian Sisters of the East, East. yeah yeah could you explain <laughs> that to us you know yeah. that way people can you know kind of uh, get a better are. idea as to you know you know what what to look for sure we're Salesian Sisters West that's our website SalesianSistersWest.org and also on social media on Facebook Instagram YouTube Salesian Sisters West it's Called, they're called provinces. Okay. And so it's just the geographic distribution for an administrative purposes. Okay. And so in the U.S., we have two provinces. One is based in New Jersey and the other based right here in San Antonio. So mm-hmm. we are all Salesian. We all have the same charism, the same ministry, the same mission, but we have a provincial head of both provinces who, mm-hmm. you know, kind of visits and accompanies those groupings of communities. But we are Salesian Sisters West on all our social media handles. No, um, and how can with all the different you know events that you've got going up, uh, is there ever a need for volunteers or help or support? Oh yes. Uh, how can somebody you know uh, you know support you know that your mission? For sure. If anybody is interested in having their kids come for summer camp, for example, you could also volunteer at summer camp. We always need yes. adults, extra helping hands at our yeah. summer camps. Um, even for August 6th, I mean, we've been working on just all the logistics and who's going to set up and who's going to clean up. And yeah, we'd love to have more people helping. So that way, <laughs> as fast as we can, we get out of the sun on August 6th. Um, but then, yeah, if you if you follow us on, on Facebook, where we're constantly posting and about upcoming events or different ways to get involved. We have our uh, friend to sister program. And so by signing up for the friend to sister program, you're matched with one of our sisters and asked to make, you know, a minimal um, donation to be able to, to support not necessarily just her, but just the sisters in general. Sure. And then you have that connection, like a more personal connection yes. that you get to know one of the sisters and you can write to each other, call each other, uh, visit each other if you happen to live here in San Antonio and she lives here in San Antonio. Yeah. So that's a beautiful ministry to be able to support the sisters and have it that's be more nice. personal connection, the friend to sister. Um, but yeah, there's always, there's a way to donate to be able to our educational fund, to our retired sisters, to our vocation fund. Yeah. I mean, 
everyone always needs money. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, do you have, um, again, we were talking about, you know, if, if there were young ladies that were interested in, um, in getting more information, uh, I guess they would just go to the, the website, SalesianSistersWest.org. I'm looking here. looks like you've got, uh, you know, tabs uh, for vocations, mm. tabs for camps and the oratory, yes. uh, the history. Uh, and where would, uh, and I guess, yeah, I guess you would just go to the website also uh, to, to register for the summer camp coming up. Yes, right? okay, yes, it does. Good. It has, yeah, I don't have the link there to register or take you to the website of the parish, wherever, which parish is hosting it. But yes, you can register online. And for vocations, yes, we have a really good section on our website about vocations um, and has a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, materials on discernment and also just some fun YouTube short, short videos to be able to kind of see what life is like on, inside the convent. That is, that is great. great. Uh, is the, is the convent open to, you know, just, I don't want to call them field trips, but you know, like, you know, little visitations, little walkthroughs, or do, does someone need to schedule that in advance? So in normal circumstances, yes, our house was always open, the provincial house okay. primarily. The schools is a little different, you know, during sure. school year and just safe sure. environment, all that kind of stuff. But our provincial house under non-COVID, definitely. The, the yeah. chapel was always open. People could come visit whenever they want. We're still, you know, pretty cautious. Um, so people can come visit now. We just ask that they wear masks because we have a lot of elderly sisters sure. there. Um, but if they were to call, that would probably be best just to make sure that this is a good time to visit. Um, nothing else is going on. But definitely we love, the sisters love visitors. And especially when kids come by. Yeah. Like yes. if you have a family and young kids, they just love whenever young people come over. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending the time with us today, Sister Sydney. Again, for more information on the Salesian Sisters uh, here in San Antonio, you can go to their website, Salesian Sisters West. Dot O-R-G. Uh, and for information on the, uh, you know, upcoming summer camp, the St. John Bosco camp, uh, you know, registration, that's for children five to 14. Uh, you can call, uh, 210-432-8011. Or again, visit that website, SalesianSistersWest.org. Uh, wow. Lots of information today, Alex. Uh, anything so else wonderful. that you want to add? No, um, I think it's just amazing and, you know, it's just so exciting about, you know, hearing about what the Salesian sisters do and, you know, I'm pray for vocations because I would love my Amen. one or both my or three of my daughters to be part of it. So um, that'd be awesome. But I want to make an announcement as well. Really quick. Okay, so my family situation has changed and I think, you know, I've been talking to Sean about it and I won't be able to continue volunteering for GRN. Um, but, um, I will be stopping by and visiting these wonderful people doing amazing work and, you know, and see what I can do to help. Amen. So, Thank you so much, uh, you know, Sister Sydney, for uh, visiting with us. Thank you, Alex, for your service uh, you. You know, and work with the GRN. It's been an honor. Thank you. And so until next time, let's all continue to labor with love, joy, and zeal in our hearts. In his vineyard. God bless all of you, and happy Father's Day. Hi, this is Father Donald Calloway from the Marians of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for listening to KJMA 89.7 FM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. For more information about the Marians of the Immaculate Conception, visit www.marian.org. 
And may the Lord bless you through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you need a will and keep putting it off? Do you need guidance on settling the estate of a loved one who's passed away? Gilson Law Firm is a faith-centered team of legal professionals who can help you navigate the probate process and put your final affairs in order. I'm attorney Sim Gilson. When we meet, we'll talk about Catholic health directives and charitable giving, about faith and family. To learn more about our team, visit tricountylawyer.com. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. The birth of the church is described in the account of Pentecost from the book of Acts. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributed and resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the same Holy Spirit presence of God that was so thick it barred entrance to the tent of meeting in the desert and overwhelmed Solomon's priests at the inauguration of the first temple. This very same Spirit gave the prophets their message and empowered great miracles. This same Spirit of power breathes through the very fabric of our lives. What will you allow Him to do through you today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Faith, hope, charity. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Thanks for listening to KJMA 89.7 Floresville, San Antonio. On the Guadalupe Radio Network in South Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Catholic Radio for your soul. And also streaming on grnonline.com and on your smartphone.